little man to all unwary Come from a lady seminary Freed from genius to Tulare Three little maids from school Three little maids And you don't stop With all the ladies in the gangster butt go uh, Welcome to Sue Watches Buffy The podcast where Sue is watching Buffy Today we are in season 5 of Angel And this is uh, part 2 of a two-parter where we're going over the uh, hole in the world shells and underneath i'm m sue b and harold haha <laughs> since this is a part two i didn't have an intro so there's your intro oh and by the way all the guys down there agree that astronauts don't stand a chance against cavemen, so don't even start. I've fought plenty of mummies, and none of them were as pretty as you. Almost none. I was god to a god. Now, I'm trapped on a roof. Just one roof. In this time, and this place, with an unstable human who drinks too much whiskey and called me a smurf. <laughs> Would you have loved me? I've loved you since I've known you. No, that's not... I think maybe even before. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, no, no. Nor care. Bleed at me no longer. We're done. All right. Well, Hole in the World is ranked number seven overall, which seems a little low. It's just very widely talked about, usually. Wait, was this not included in the 13 best episodes? No, it wasn't. I don't think it yeah. was. That was the worst list ever. <laughs> <laughs> it was bizarre because probably at least half of those episodes came from season five. And I don't think it included your welcome or a hole in the world. No, it didn't. It did have smile time. Yeah. And numero cinco, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it had damage uh, with, with the uh, damage potential slayer, right. which I'm not as big of a fan of as everyone else. But uh, it had lineage. <laughs> lineage is pretty good, but I yeah. don't know if I'd include it in my 13 best episodes. Yeah, maybe. Of the whole series, right? Yeah. 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 No. Weirdness. Yeah. It didn't, yeah. As you mentioned, Emmett didn't have uh, Waiting in the Wings. Yeah. Oh. That is such a fantastic episode. It's beautiful. Yep. Beautifully shot and written and acted. It was. It's an amazing episode. Did it have Spin the Bottle? No. I don't remember. It didn't because we discussed that because okay. that's Matt's favorite and he brought it up. I was surprised we didn't get feedback from Matt because didn't he say when he recorded with us last week that two of his all-time favorite Angel episodes are in the script? Yeah, but he doesn't leave us feedback for Angel except for that one. Oh. That one voicemail. <laughs> oh. well, I thought he would for this. Google Maps. <laughs> yes, <laughs> from Google Maps and Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Oh, I, no, no, wait a second. That was for uh, the Buffy finale. That was the Buffy yeah. finale. That was because right. it was the finale. Maybe yeah. he'll do an Angel finale feedback. All right, Matt. We expect one. <laughs> the gauntlet is thrown. He just need he needs to warm up his typing fingers for uh, all the feedback you're gonna send for Yes Mother. Ooh. Oh, I'm so excited. Me <laughs> <laughs> too. All right. All right. Okay. Well, my first notes are I love the Spike and Angel show here. <laughs> oh, him walking, him walking in with the sword <laughs> <laughs> through his body. That's so great. And the sword is like so huge; it's almost like a novelty sword. <laughs> I like how when Fred calls out his name, he says, don't worry, Fred, I'll be okay. And she says, no, I want the sample. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very intact specimen. Something like that. That yeah. was fantastic. I just love the juxtaposition of, like, Fred at home with her mom and dad being like, what's going to happen? I'm going to, you know, physicist school at UCLA and – you know, I'll be safe. I'll be boring. And then, like next scene, she's like got this flamethrower, and she's like, <laughs> <laughs> well, "That's yeah. a great cup." Awesome. That was awesome. Yep. Yep. And then, yeah, the sword through Angel was amazing. But just Spike and Angel this whole episode. <laughs> I don't know if it was having Joss on set directing them or what, but they are fantastic. Uh, the fight together. about the caveman and astronauts. Oh my it really gosh. feels like the first time this season where they're working together as a team, as like a kind yeah. of a buddy team or something, and where mm-hmm. it's just clicking, uh, as opposed to just getting on each other's nerves. Well, he really wanted to show them fighting about something so stupid, and really like ruining their relationship. Not that they ever had one real great, but to mm-hmm. the point where they're like, "Angels, like you need to go. I'm gonna give you an expense account and a cars, whatever you want." I just, I can't have you around to where they work so beautifully together because of Fred. I love how they came together for like a common cause. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. everything was put aside and. They're just, you see the history between them. Oh, especially that scene where like Angel's like, hold my hand. And he's like, St. Petersburg, <laughs> huh? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it just makes you want to like. See a whole series sure, of the two of them together. I know, really. Just yeah. like, <laughs> I want to see more of the flashbacks of those two. Yep. I did love Gun singing Three Little Maids. Oh my gosh, I love that, that so much. That was amazing. <laughs> I, I like, like the music cue where you see the Wolfhorn and Heart sign and you hear the uh, operetta mm-hmm. in the background and, and you think it's going to be a totally different type of episode. For that. <laughs> yes. It it was actually set up to be ominous because he's got, you know, that was always tied to his lawyer powers that they gave yeah, him. Mm-hmm. And to have him be singing, um, just blinked on their names, Gilbert and Sullivan? Oh, yeah. yeah. Having him sing Gilbert and Sullivan is supposed to be quite ominous that he got the power back because he did whatever that doctor wanted him to. Right. Although we already saw that, I think, in the last episode. I think so. Also, it also kind of goes back to like waiting in the wings where he liked the ballet. That's true. Oh, yeah. 
he ended up loving the ballet. That's right. And that's that was way fun. before yeah. he yeah, got that. Funny, yeah. And then Wesley shows up and he starts trying to come up with some rap lyrics. <laughs> some rap. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like the most stereotypical. I wrote it down. He says, all the ladies in the gangster butts. <laughs> <laughs> Start stringing words together. (laughs) Three little maids. (laughs) I love it so much. So brilliant. (laughs) Yeah, I've got Fred's gonna get some ancient flu. Oh no. (laughs) Yep, that's. I've got. Don't do it, Fred. I have a note here uh, wondering whether Sue was going to think this was going to be the angel version of Inca Mummy Girl. (laughs) (laughs) I totally had that thought. I did think that there was going to be some sort of mummy demon inside. Yep. Absolutely. So was Inca Mummy Girl, who Spike was referring to when he says, I fought plenty of mummies and none of them were as pretty as you. Almost none. (laughs) His delivery on that line was classic, perfect James Marsters nailing it. Oh, his delivery is so great. His face, Mm -hmm. almost none, (laughs) is so good. Anyway, makes you wonder. He was around during Incomodium. He was, he was. (laughs) Well, and just... That scene where um, Fred and Wesley are like, I want to take you out on a date tomorrow night. And they're with Lauren and he starts singing and then Fred finishes the song and Lauren just turns around and Fred just like spits up blood and falls. That was awesome. That was awesome that she just sings those couple notes and he just. Yeah. Uh. Like it was so instant. I did right now. But I love I love that he says, get a balcony, you two, because <laughs> the, have you noticed, especially the dialogue between Fred and Wesley in this episode is so lyrical. It's like on another level of like just beautifully written prose. Uh-huh. They just say things kind of flowery. Uh-huh. And I think having say, get a balcony, you two, kind of puts me to like Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet, yeah. It was just such a cute way to say it, and it just tied into the way that it was written, their dialogue. He just, I don't know, Joss, like, stepped it up just it's to like, make this episode more special. It feels like everything about these these episodes is just a whole nother level. It's like suddenly this became an HBO show. Yeah. Yeah. You just, it makes you kind of, man, I wish Joss would have written more episodes. Yeah, especially this time, Buffy was and Firefly were both off the air. He wasn't, yeah. You know. He said that he was going to write Smile Time, but he decided to write this one instead. And I'm glad, although it just makes mm-hmm. me wish he would have done both. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Smile Time Smile was time fantastic. Smile Time was the way it is, though. It was, but how much better could it have been, possibly? Oh. Might have been better. And Amy Acker does such a great fall. Oh, the fall is great. Yeah, it's disturbing. It's really awful. Oh, it just it happens so quick. Yeah. And that looks like her. That's got to that can't be a stunt double. There I, is I think stunt doubles her. for both of them. Oh, really? Because mm-hmm. I I thought the same thing. I was like, that was really her. They must have like really practiced that. 
you know. I don't know when. I just remember being surprised that there was stunt doubles, but they did. I know, and they even had one for Lauren because it was hmm. it was tricky. It was on a staircase, so they might have insurance reasons. Yeah. You couldn't, I yeah. Know. I did write down. Downton Abbey did it better though. The... <laughs> <laughs> that was shocking, and more blood. <laughs> <laughs> Way more blood, <laughs> and a little more fancy of a setting. <laughs> That was awesome. <laughs> so, and and what then, does he say? He like says something quietly, like "We need a doctor," and then he like shouts it. Yeah. And it's just like, like he's panicked, and then he's like in shock. Oh, it's just so sad. It is. Yeah, it's hard to watch. Yeah, because they're so happy. It's just such a. Just such a new love affair, you know. I want to take mm-hmm. you out tomorrow night, and she finishes. You are my sunshine, and boom. Yep. Yeah, blood. There you go. She's so happy, and then you you see Lauren's face, and that tells you everything. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh. So and then, like Wesley just shoots that guy that came into his office. I mean, (laughs) can he just do that? I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I get it, but holy crap. Yeah, we're back to Wesley from season four. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, the guy hardly got a word in. I mean, so he was like complaining that all the resources are on the Fred thing. Yeah, he had, some, he had some other important thing that... Uh, they have other important yeah. clients. They can't have everybody on the Fred case. <laughs> so Wesley just shoots him. Does he shoot him dead or just like shoot no, his just leg? leg? No, he shot him okay. in the leg, but jeez. And then, then I think he called out for anyone else who wasn't working on Ms. Burke's right. case to come. Yeah. Send him in. <laughs> yeah, and then I have another demon taking over a person story. <laughs> well, I guess that kind of goes back to all of them with the vampires. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It just it just kind of surprises me that they're doing this again. You know. Although I do have somewhere in my notes, I'll take Illyria over whatever demon. Beast Cordy. Cordy. <laughs> Because all Cordy did was like some shifty eyes, you know, where this is actually a different look. And yeah, I don't know what was much up better. Charisma Carpenter in season four. Uh, I'm blaming it on baby hormones. <laughs> she, she just did not Valid. play people well. It's just everyone, everyone else uh, on these shows was able to do like an evil version of themselves. And yeah, she did not do well. No. Uh, I'm blaming it on the baby. Yeah. I'm giving her an out. <laughs> I liked... I have scared vampires on planes. <laughs> <laughs> and this bike doesn't like Les Mis. <laughs> that made me laugh. Is that what he meant? I thought he just kind of meant it's so depressing. You'll be drinking. Oh, I thought he meant he didn't like it. But, uh, yeah, it could be. I don't know. I'm, I'm with Sue on that. But I'm wrong. 
well, I was going to ask if anyone really knew what he meant, because that's the only thing I could come up with, is that it's just so depressing you're going to be drinking people. I take that it was boring. <laughs> <laughs> Something to ask Joss about. <laughs> if we ever go to a Comic-Con. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I loved when they go see Eve and the shock of Lorne hitting Eve. Oh, I know. Amazing. That was amazing. That was, that shocked me. Lorne was really, out of all of them, Lorne was like the head scratcher to me in this whole group (laughs) of episodes, like... I, I just didn't quite understand some of his reactions and like just yeah. leaving and then he was gone for so long. Well, and he, he used the term woman I'm in love with, which was Yeah, odd. I wrote that down. I was like, is Lauren in love? I never caught on to that. Is he in love with Fred? I don't know. Because he, I'd, I'd buy very easily just a woman I love would be fine. Just. Right, but he said in love with. In love was an interesting choice of words. Yes. I, I've never gotten that feeling from him before. Mm-mm. No. I took it as just he's, you know, a little more flowery and a little more um, poetic and emotional than the yeah. other men. I, I'm giving it a, a pass, but uh, I, I've never felt that he's had a particularly close relationship with Fred. Uh, they they haven't had that many scenes. No, right. he does dance with her in the first. Yeah. They have that cute little romanticish dance. Well, is Lawrence... it in the last yeah. of season four or the first in season five? Yeah, I think it's the last episode of season four because they had just finished their tours. Anyway, I don't I don't really buy that he's in love with her, but but, but this is a great scene though. Just everything about that that Carmen Miranda. but i love after he pinch he punches her he says fred once told me after a sinful amount of chinese food (laughs) i love (laughs) in lieu of nothing i think a lot of people would choose to be green your shade of green and i thought Mm -hmm. he just cares for her because that was such a beautifully nice thing to say to him that he gets a lot of grotesque and you know and you see it you get you hear a lot of people say disparaging things about him and after he punches her so shockingly that's what he says and i just think hmm, yeah that's sweet he just yeah. he looks at her as just a really beautiful soul right right has he ever even thrown a punch in this i've <laughs> never seen anything like that with i don't him. think that's why so it was amazing yeah He's always, you know, you guys take care of it. I'll be here having a sea breeze back at the right. hotel, right? <laughs> yep, he is always like that. So I, he's defending her because I think he just looks at her as a beautiful soul and his friend. And so it's it's a very interesting, it's awesome gesture. Yeah. And I took a note down that the song Eve sings, 
That's the one that Lindsay sang at Caritas with his guitar. <laughs> oh, is it? Yes. <laughs> it's so gross. Ew. She is obsessed with him. He's so gross. He's, yeah. I don't like Lindsay at all. I hate his hair and I hate his lips. He's back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, his hair. I just want to shave it all off. Oh, I hate That's it so, so much. Stupid. I think his hair is awful and it's. You know, a lot of people complain about Sam Winchester's hair, and I think his hair's fine. Mm-hmm. I think it looks nice. It's long, but it looks nice. But this hair is, it's almost trying to do the same thing, but it looks terrible to oh, me. Oh, it's just looks awful. awful. I like Sam's hair. I like it, too. Yeah. Huh. So I was surprised that Knox was behind this. I, I didn't see that coming. I knew he was evil. I oh, B's always like, I don't know about that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it's it is pretty surprising. Yeah, little twist that he is. Yeah, and, and he doesn't tip it off either. Like when the sarcophagus arrives, he's not no, acting he like he was waiting for that sarcophagus to, to come. Right, he wasn't he like, like, "Ooh, it's just... finally here." And he's yeah, watching. he doesn't. No. he <laughs> doesn't show his hand at all. And there was no one else in the room, so he could have done something, you know. Yeah, I, I don't, I think they wanted mostly for the audience not to be tipped off. Yeah, they're yeah. like they're Mr. X. Yep. Yep, so this it's, Drogon guy, this is someone that Angel knew way back when or something? I guess so. It's not really clear, and they actually wanted Giles, but it was too expensive to fly Anthony Head in, and maybe he was busy. <laughs> They wanted Giles to be the guardian of the or the person. I think they made up having a guardian instead of like calling Giles in and having him know about this. Oh, okay. Basically, they made him be able to not be able to tell a lie just so the audience would trust him because they wanted someone like Giles who we would hear him say something and we would totally trust that they can't save oh, Fred. That makes sense. And so gotcha. they came up with this guy. The angel happened to know that couldn't tell a lie, which had some great jokes for Spike. Oh, <laughs> yes. I loved all of his statements. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite color? <laughs> Although I could have used Drogon not ignoring him and saying his favorite song and all of that. I don't know why that didn't happen. Although they may have filmed it because they said that after they were done, they had to cut out so much because this episode was so long. Mm-hmm. So oh. I'm hoping that was something they just had to cut because that would have been great. My favorite color is yellow. Because <laughs> no, we didn't blue. really see that. He, we never were shown that he couldn't tell a lie. He never right. did say anything that he didn't want to. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering why they brought that up. So that explains it because it just uh-huh. didn't have a real payoff. It didn't. It didn't. I was. And I don't think to, yeah. knowing that he couldn't lie made it so I trusted him. Yeah, no, I would have trusted him just knowing that Angel knew him uh-huh. type thing. Yeah. You know? So I guess we, we you brought up Giles, so we skipped over the part where he refuses to help. Oh, yeah, we did. Because Angel is still a wolf from in heart. I, yeah, I still don't know if that's Buffy or if that's, if that's Giles. If everyone doesn't trust him or if it's just Giles who never liked Angel in the first place. <sighs> yeah, I... I found it kind of weird. I kind of think that they just did, 
they just don't want to have a they want to have a reason why there's no mystical solution. They can't just mm-hmm. fly in Willow or something. I I, I guess. But, mm-hmm. but they're gay, right? Well, you got another yes. couple of episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and um then she and Frank can oh. get married. <laughs> Did you ship those two? <laughs> they, were, they were great in that one scene. <laughs> they, they were, were great. <laughs> no. Even Joss is not that cruel that you would save Fred and then turn her into a lesbian and get together with Willow. Like <laughs> that Or it would get rid of Kennedy. <laughs> Then Wesley would have to be the ring bearer. Yeah. Oh, I think Wesley would never recover from his drinking problem at that point. I think I would develop a drinking problem at that point. They asked Wesley to like become a minister over the internet. (laughs) Will you perform the ceremony? You did the ceremony. Yeah, I was kind of bugged that Giles seemed to be kind of a dick to Angel over the phone. <laughs> he did, although I wonder if he had ever met Fred, if he would have helped. Yeah, it I mean... It might easier for him to just not, because he's just never met Fred. He doesn't know who she is. I guess so. Mm-hmm. There's that. That's true. I mean, that's kind of cruel, but... And he probably does have his hand full with... He's got Andrew... And all those potentials, and the crazy potential. And he doesn't trust Angel, and he which doesn't is trust what we were supposed to get from it. Yeah. Yeah. See, I just don't buy that Buffy would ever not trust Angel. Yeah, I think Buffy's preoccupied. <laughs> Buffy just needs a break from TV right now. I think mm-hmm. what I said in the podcast is that I think she just is like... Well, I'd need to talk to him first. <laughs> you know, kind of a let's just keep an eye. Not necessarily right. I don't trust him. It's like caution and keep an eye on. I but think no we'll see. Full out distrust. I think we'll see one or more of them <laughs> before season five is over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, if they brought Andrew back, then there's going to be. I think, yeah, I think we're going to see some more Scoobies. I mean, she trusted Spike when he was still un- had that you know under control of the first. <laughs> yeah. So so did. it's hard for me to so like oh I'm just not going to talk. That's to Angel. true. That's true. <laughs> but I think it's a bit of a writer's convenience. To it's just, definitely. So yeah. You don't have crossovers and <laughs> after the show is over. Can we talk about one of my favorite jokes ever? <laughs> what? <laughs> Spike saying, or it could be the entrance to Christmas Land. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, don't you ever have any fun? <laughs> <laughs> that is one of my favorite pop culture reference <laughs> jokes ever. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> and then just being mad at Angel that he has no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> I just I love know. that he just... Yeah, Angel never has any fun with any of this <laughs> at all. What is Christmas Land? What is he talking about? Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, have you not seen that? I still haven't, huh? Oh, me neither. 
gosh. <laughs> Guess what we're watching next week, B? Yes. <laughs> Scout woman. If Scout okay. knows you haven't seen that. Actually, I, I know. My sister and I were very, very young, and we um, kept seeing commercials for it. And so we made our mom rent it for us one night when we got a babysitter, and it traumatized us. And <laughs> I don't remember anything except that we slept in my mom's bed for like three weeks. <laughs> so. <laughs> Hey, we're totally watching that. <laughs> it's not scary. <laughs> it's adorable. And there's just the scene. Jack Skellington has always lived in Halloween land and somehow he escapes it and he walks out and there's a forest and the trees look just like that. That's why the joke's so funny. Is uh, okay. It looks just like that and he sees one and I think there's maybe a little mark of some sort of Christmas on the door and he opens it up and he's just enchanted by Christmas land. It's a, it's a great joke if you've seen it. <laughs> That's why it fell on me. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, just one of those. I just don't. I like Tim Burton, and it looks intriguing, but it's a musical. <laughs> I'm not going to run out and watch a musical. We'll I think watch it late at night. Isn't it one of Matt's favorite movies ever? I think so. It's really good. It's a really lot of people's favorite movies. <laughs> it's kind of on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> I'll admit. Because I'm sure oh, I'll love it. But. Speaking of that forest, this is a pretty cool thing. So they said that they got the filming location and they like got onto the set and it was like the ugliest, worst forest for England. They were like, oh man, this is awful. And right when they started filming this fog rolled in from out of nowhere <gasps> and they filmed and the fog went away. Oh, wow. Like when they wow. didn't need it anymore. They said it was like a miracle. <laughs> wow. How funny. Cause it is, it looks really cool. The it does. Is that there is a long shot of those two walking through it wow. and it's beautiful. And that's real fog then, huh? It's real fog. Wow. And they weren't expecting it. It's just awesome. Yeah, I've got a note. Jeez, so they have to decide to let thousands of people die or let Fred die? <laughs> yeah. Oh. I totally had it justified in my head how they could kill all those people and it would be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and how's that? Oh, oh it's because Elyria is going to come if they don't save True. Fred, then Elyria is going to come and she's going to raise her army and she's going to kill Everybody, probably, you oh. know. And so why not have the 10,000 die and the one live so that, you know, a million don't have to die? You justified it for me, too. Totally <laughs> Except I thought that Elyria would then be in 10,000 people. No, she would have destroyed and killed. It. it, it they would have stopped her. And they would have gotten Fred back, but it would have, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, she would have tried to like clung to everybody. As yeah, she came but it would have back. just destroyed them. She would have just destroyed everyone in her path. Yeah, it wouldn't have made it worse by putting her in 10,000 people. Well, Angel originally was going to go for it. Yeah, he had a moment. Yeah, but then he thought, 
Fred wouldn't want it. Yeah. You know, or does Spike remind him that she wouldn't want it? Yeah, it comes up somehow. Yeah. Hmm. That's that's talk on the bridge. You know, that whole concept of the hole in the world <laughs> was cool. Yeah, it's hard to wrap my head around where, especially when Spike's like, so there's some dude at, like, New Zealand that's looking at us from the other end. I'm like, And I was trying to think, like, what ocean they could drag Illyria through that it wouldn't matter if to, like, get her to New Zealand and then come up. Well, if they only had flown her back, you know, taken Fred with her. Oh, yeah. That would have been smart. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But they didn't know. Maybe uh, if uh, maybe if Gunn had uh, connected everything together. Yeah, what good is that damn brain of yours if you're not going to save people with a gun? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sue, I was really hoping you would go literal <laughs> with the hole in the world. <laughs> <and you didn't. laughs> I was like, she's not going to call the whole episode, but she might call that there's a literal hole in the world. <laughs> but you did not. Nope. Once again, when it was literal, you Sadly, did not go there. <laughs> when it actually was literal, I did not go there. <laughs> but Joss had a really clear way. He saw that scene going with those two on the bridge, talking about it, and he wanted it to be like filled with childlike wonder. Just sitting mm. there thinking about having, that there's an actually hole in the world. And when, after a f- several takes, he said that Marsters totally nailed it and Joss went up and just kissed him. <laughs> he was <like> so excited. <laughs> he was like, you did it. That's it. It's perfect. Exactly what I wanted. <laughs> it was a cool scene. And, and I liked how they were like, how, how did we not know about this? Yeah, he says, it seems like that's something we should have known about. Yeah. Yeah. It is a good scene. I thought it was pretty heartbreaking when when Fred when Fred's kind of dying or or she knows she's going to and she says, I walk with heroes. I thought that was mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. And then her like why can't I stay? And how she asks him if that can be any book, and he reads A Little Princess. Little Princess, yeah. Which is Joss Whedon's favorite book, and his first inspiration for Buffy. Oh, nice. I've never been able to make it through that book. I've tried several times growing up, and I was bored. Uh, I think I read it through once, but kind of the same. It never, Little it Princess was never yeah, my thing. It doesn't grab me, and it never has. This is like making me nauseous. This is so beautiful. Like I'm so emotional. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> <laughs> favorite book. See, be yeah, tragedy her... can be beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Her I walk with heroes and how they all try to convince her that she's gonna be okay and then they go out and they're like she knows how bad it is, and then she wants to go home, and then mm-hmm. Wesley just reads to her. It's so That's how they beautiful. spend the last hours. Yeah. Oh. I know. 
Yeah, I, I you know I made a note because Angel talks about the, in the next episode about how when she says uh, uh, a handsome man saves Save me from the monsters. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and Call he back. says, yeah, he says that was the first thing that uh, she ever said to him. And uh, watching this here, that it was also the last thing she ever said to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love mm-hmm. that scene in the hospital when she like looks at them all and doesn't she say like my boys or yeah you don't see them till she says it and then it pans out and there's yeah, like eight there's men like <laughs> i know it's they're so like adorable angels Those are her boys. spike Aww. wesley gun even Knox is there it's like my boys oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's sad it's <laughs> <That's> horrible <laughs> oh and just the final hours oh and there's also where she gets up I think it's the day before, before they go home. And she's like, you know, this is a scene we need to talk about. Where she goes to the lab and oh. she's just like, I have been through so much, you know. This is not what's going to take me. Right, right. Yeah. She's like, I spent five years in Pileo where they were killing my people like cows or something, you know. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm not going to be taken out by a flu. Yeah. And... Ugh. Uh you know, Joss said that he just wanted, he wanted her to have a strong moment. It couldn't just be all dying and terror. He needed her to get up and be brave and strong. Oh, and Wesley catches her and it's so... (sighs) You gonna throw up? It's so beautiful. (laughs) 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 Or George is going to throw up on me. (laughs) (laughs) And then we we should also talk about where she says, talks about how she sinned and she's being punished. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She never struck me very religious, although she did grow up like in a Texas ma and pa little environment. I guess you don't have a lot of trouble believing that she might have grown up. Right. So, I just always feel bad when people say stuff like that. It's like, aw. Well, I assume, she, I assume she's talking about, you know, the sin was coming to work for Wolfram and Hart. Hmm. Yeah. That she feels, uh, feels that, that she's getting what she, you know, she's getting hmm. the punishment for for that, having having uh, succumbed to, like, the dark side. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's probably what yeah. she was talking about. So that makes more sense. She, she, yeah, she said something like, "Why did we go there? What did we think? Why did we think we could beat it? It's evil." <laughs> and she asked for fig and bomb, and she doesn't know what it is. Oh, that was sad too. So so sad, and then seeing him pick it up on her desk, and he doesn't know what it is at the end of the next. <laughs> but Figenbaum, I have a little fun fact, <laughs> was a physicist known, and he he is the one that started the chaos theory. So he is the master of chaos. Master of chaos. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. It's cute that it, she named that little rabbit after a physicist. <laughs> She's such a little nerd. I know. <laughs> <laughs> But I found it odd that she'd say if he is like the father of the theory of chaos that Wesley didn't know that. And when she said Figgenbaum, he's like, what are you talking about? I don't know. Wesley should know that. (laughs) I didn't, but Wesley would. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you would think. <laughs> he knows a lot of weird stuff. When he kept up with the physicist's magazine that Fred happened to be in. I think he only read that because Fred had an article in it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't think Wesley was getting physicist monthly. But yeah, wow, what a... That one took me for a ride. <laughs> That's also been a nail-biter. Not wanting you to get spoiled. Oh, yeah? Well, there's definitely pictures out there of Fred looking like Lyria. I got spoiled, like I said. Oh, yeah. Not exactly <laughs> that way, but... Yeah, uh, I, I heard that something happened to Fred. I didn't know what what it was or, you know, yeah. whether she died or not. But then when I got this episode and they had that uh, first scene with her parents, I was like, oh, no, this can't be good. <laughs> <laughs> That's Yeah, my first note is uh, something's bad. Yeah. Something bad's going to happen to Fred. And then, then when she got that dust, I remember the first time I was watching it and she started getting sick. And I was like, oh, no, they can't be doing this. <laughs> They're not going to do this to Fred, are they? No. <laughs> And the thing is, when they kill characters, it's a lot of times because the actor's leaving, and <laughs> yeah, they didn't need to do it. She's right; cause she's still playing acting the person. <laughs> well, as as I recall reading once, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Barbara was just that Joss wanted uh, felt that Amy Acker had a wide range of of uh, skills, and he wanted to just give her something different. That's what he said. He said I wanted to give her something else to do because she's a great actress. Well, good. Her to play then another character. <laughs> she can play this character for a while, and then they can bring her back and <laughs> live happily ever after. No, she really does do an amazing job in this. It, I mean, for a second, when as especially that first scene. In the bedroom with Wesley when she... Yeah. Should we move on to Shells? Yeah. Shells is number seven, number 28 of the series. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I was almost like, did they get someone else to play this? And she just happens to look a lot like Amy Acker. No, I did too. I really okay, did so... my first watch. It's, it's an amazing performance. I kept forgetting it was Amy Acker. It's a transformation. It's, yeah, she I mean, is killing it. Yeah. And it's not a ton of makeup. I mean, her eyes look different. Her voice is her, different. Her, yeah. Everything is different. But physically, they didn't change that much. No. They put contacts in her and made her hair blue. Made her hair blue and some blue on her like skin. Yeah. And that's Just a it. a little too. You know? And, yeah, and she's gone from being kind of awkward and nerdy. I mean, some of it's costuming, but she's gone from personifying that to being, like, sexy and strong and just, like, yeah, powerful. Yeah. Right, she has one of the best fight scenes in, in Angel. Oh, in man. Yeah. That fight scene, she was so great in that fight scene. I loved it. It was good. The one right oh. outside her temple? Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Knox oh. was cracking me up that entire time, too. He is such a dickhead, but he's <laughs> so funny. I love, I love how disappointed she is that he's her 
pass on or whatever. <laughs> My last one was taller. That was <laughs> such a great line. I mean, that's he, he's like such a minion. You know, yeah. Or those glorious minions. He was kind of like that. Well, well, maybe I'm shrinking in your greatness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> I just love how she just seems so disappointed that that's him. That that's who yeah. it is. You know, like. I'm going to be stuck with you the rest of my life. (laughs) (laughs) He had Rick Springfield on his cover. (laughs) Was it Rick Springfield? Yeah. Yeah. Which opens up a whole other line of questioning. (laughs) Ooh, but that, that first scene with her when she says, bleed at me no longer, we're done just i don't know chilling line yeah. very cool he's you know reduced like a sheep well i do mm-hmm. i kind of like that about her how she's just like how dare you call me by my name and you know <laughs> she's just so you know humans are so beneath her yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now she's stuck with him <laughs> just disgusted at his emotions and everything about humans and yeah. her shock on his face when he says that humans have like taken over the world and she like looks outside she's like no not humans <laughs> <laughs> yep horses i could understand <laughs> yeah i thought that was great and she just she pulls it off i just I can't yeah, she, believe this is Fred. I can't believe this is Fred. <laughs> yeah, she, she absolutely sells it. That, that she's like a totally higher being. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. She must be having so much fun with it, too. Yeah. I bet she is. Yeah. Well, my first note on Shells is I really hope Wesley just doesn't wear that stupid sweater this whole time. <laughs> He did. He, I know. <laughs> oh, I never thought of. I always dis- disliked his turtleneck, oh. but I didn't think about how it was. How much you hated um, Riley's last scene with his <laughs> turtleneck and and coat. <laughs> I really hated Wesley's sweater so much. <laughs> and he wore it all through the last episode, and now all through this one. Yeah. I didn't think of that, but I thought of it for myself that I wasn't thrilled with it. <laughs> yeah, I wrote, at least Fred's demon transformation is kind of creepy, and it's not Cordelia, who just basically had shifty eyes. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, all she Cordelia did. had a big smile. That's uh... she, she was very gleeful <laughs> at her evil plan. <laughs> And then her eyes would go back and forth, you know, like, ooh, I don't know, like some old timey villain. I don't know. Well, maybe they were right to fire her. Yeah, I don't know. So is that what happened? My heart hurt. Oh, yeah, B hasn't. Sorry, yeah, I'm an episode behind. Yes, she got fired. Boo. Because of the pregnancy thing or because she sucked as an evil person? Well, it was, they didn't exactly tell her. It was, it went down really, really ugly. Yeah, um, you'll hear about it Joss, when the next podcast comes out. Yeah. Okay. She and Joss got in a fight, it sounds like, and <sighs> they didn't treat her very well. It wasn't good. But that's, we're getting her side, and 
Yeah. We're getting she might have really pissed them off. Yeah. They really had to change all of season four because of her pregnancy. Uh-huh. Which, you know, we discussed this on. You'll hear it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no worries. They, they could have just stuck her behind the desk of the Hyperion. <laughs> yeah. That's my whole thing. Is they should have. They went through most of the season hiding her pregnancy, and it was literally like four episodes that she was pregnant. Right. Yeah. They could have. They could have. Yeah. They didn't have to go where they went. I mean, there, there's at least one season, maybe a couple of seasons of Seinfeld where Elaine is pregnant, and yeah. she's just always standing behind, you know, Jerry's counter, or she's behind the couch, or for some reason she's standing holding a pillow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, shows have done it in the past. Yeah. I I just read an article today, and I was expecting to see Cordelia on there, and it was like 15 actresses who were pregnant during their television things and everybody just puts them in big baggy clothing and puts props in front of them it happens all the time it happens all the time it happened with tara on walking dead you know (laughs) they just made her carry like a big purse in front of her belly and baggy clothes Mm. and i never knew she was pregnant yeah i didn't either yeah on uh fraser they just had daphne get fat Or you can go that way. <laughs> <laughs> they said they did that with January Jones in Mad Men, too. She got fat one season. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know it was because she was pregnant. And it was because she was pregnant. I didn't know that. <laughs> they did do that. <laughs> that was an odd choice. That was a very <laughs> fat Betty. <laughs> She's known as Fat Betty. <laughs> <laughs> I love Spike and his mini bottles on the airplane. <laughs> yeah, so, so was that like a shout out to Utah? <laughs> what, you heard about our known mini bottle law? <laughs> yeah, I had a friend from college who uh, who's from Salt Lake, so I remember his <laughs> wedding. And we had the rehearsal dinner and everyone had these little bottles. <laughs> Wait, we have a no mini bottle law? Or it's only mini bottles, right? No, no, mini bottles are against the law in Utah now. Oh, okay. This well, this goes back a while, I guess. It was probably about twenty years. But if you wanted a mixed drink, they would they would give you like a mini bottle. Okay, and, yeah, you know. yeah. That's old school. They used to. Yeah. Now you can't do like a double. You can't order a double here. You can only get one ounce at a time. Right. In the right. olden days. Is that still if, like that? If you ordered a drink, they would give you the drink and then a separate mini bottle, and you had to mix it yourself. Yeah. And yeah, now it's been quite a while, 15 years, maybe more, that mini bottles are illegal, 100% Utah. Okay. Well, yeah, I think this, uh, that wedding had to be like 1991. So it was a long time ago. Yeah. That, yeah. Cause that's around when I turned 21 and mini bottles were still around and then they, they went away very quickly after that. Like, you can't get one in Utah. It's really stupid. (laughs) You've got the weirdest liquor laws ever. (laughs) I won't get into them. (laughs) As a non-drinker, they're ridiculous. (laughs) I don't know who they think they're protecting. (laughs) I don't either. It's really just a bunch of stupid old white 
men. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, but yeah, I just thought it was funny, like his perspective thing, like. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's far away. <laughs> <laughs> and we did not give justice to the caveman versus astronauts. Oh, That's just one of my favorite that's things right. that's right. the show did. <laughs> and it's so funny how funny it is in such this tragic episode. Only Joss could have written this episode <laughs> and done that. Yes. And just it's how so everyone, like, doesn't even Fred bring it up and, like, her dying. Yeah. In her deathbed, she says, cavemen win. Of course cavemen win. <laughs> <laughs> and I so mean, the... cavemen versus astronauts? Who has that argument? <laughs> well, let me tell you. <laughs> why don't the cavemen have weapons? I mean, astronauts. Why don't the astronauts have weapons if they have all this technology? Well, Without I think their the thing is, they're nothing. I know. Well, they're then ast- you're on cave- Team Caveman. <laughs> <laughs> and I am too. Although I go back and forth. Well, Illyria is my... coming from a cave. Yeah, right? Isn't Illyria down in a cave? Essentially? Yeah. 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 Well, and Fred was in a cave. That's <laughs> yeah, true. And Pylea. <laughs> But yeah, they don't they don't have weapons because that's what Wesley asks, and they both go no, <laughs> like they've discussed that a lot. Well, they've been fighting about it for forty minutes. Right. <laughs> and it was such a fight. I was like, ooh, what are they fighting about? I yeah, know. I know. That's why it's so great. <laughs> they're so mad at each other, and then you find out they're fighting. I thought it was a joke when Spike said that. I was like, okay, like there's got to be really more think? to this. <laughs> Obviously, none of you have been a 10-year-old boy. <laughs> Who's going to win in a fight, a... Superman or Batman? Yeah, we have these arguments all the time. Superman versus the Hulk. Or yeah. <laughs> so who's the writer that's so good about writing Spike? Uh, Marty Noxon? No, it's a male. And he wasn't on Angel very much, but he wrote a lot of great Spike episodes. Drew uh, Goddard? I don't remember. Anyway, that writer came in to the Angel room and brought up this argument. <laughs> and they said that the writers in the writer's room spent hours arguing <laughs> about this. What? And then Joss Whedon came in and he's like, what is this about? And he said, and they told me, and then we argued for hours. (laughs) And so they, I don't know when that happened, but they added it to one of the episodes because it really happened. Oh my gosh. And someone asked, so who won? And he's like, still going on. Oh my gosh. I guess we're all 10 year old boys in heart. Yes, I love it so much. That's amazing. <laughs> that is so funny. Cause yeah, you do hear it in arguments, and it usually involves Superman and someone, and someone's always got to bring up, well, well, then he's just got a suit full of kryptonite, and that kills him. And they're like, but Superman can fly up to the sun and get me. They got a whole movie like this coming out in a month. <laughs> I, I know. I'm so- <laughs> 
Are they going to solve that age-old, 10-year-old boy question? Of course, going to be a draw. <laughs> anyway, I had to bring that up. That's hilarious. Yeah, that was that was really funny. And I just love how it would just like... So Spike and Angel are having the argument, but then, you know, a few minutes later, you'd see, like, Lauren and Fred, and they're talking about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the cavemen have fire, so of course they do. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, I don't agree. If they, if none of them can have weapons, just because cavemen have fire doesn't mean they can use it. I just have a hard time understanding why are astronauts, like, but superheroes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, cavemen aren't superheroes. Yeah, but cavemen have like a primal, like, they're not violent, civilized, you know. They're just your average guy living in the cave, going out <laughs> and, just a and eating a, a woolly mammoth. <laughs> but they'd That's have, <laughs> I think the deal is, is they'd have the smarts. And cavemen are not thought of as smart. So if they fought, I think they picked astronauts because they're known as... For some reason I was picturing the cavemen having weapons, but the astronauts don't. So that makes sense. So no one has weapons. So cavemen don't even have, like, arrows or clubs or anything. It's basically a battle of... Of wits. And hand-on-hand. Does the astronaut? Do the astronauts have like those space diapers? <laughs> I, I'm still going irrelevant. <laughs> I'm still going caveman because I, I think okay. there's just a primal, like a primal killer be killed that astronauts wouldn't have. But they might have some cunning. Yeah, if the caveman could get away and like form a plan and. And I'm sure they could. It's a good argument. See, yeah. now we're having the argument. <laughs> See? <laughs> I don't mean it to mean astronauts. I've got, I like astronauts. But they just seem to be like pilots who are like uber pilots. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I don't. Well, they, they do have to go through a lot of training. It's it's uh, yeah. a lot of physical skills, not just to be an astronaut. Yeah, Barney almost made it through that. <laughs> That's true. You just <laughs> all well. it took was the celebration and yeah. a bottle of champagne. <laughs> well, one drink and that was it. <laughs> Homer made it. <laughs> the ants fail it. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of my favorite gags. It's Abby Ken Brockman. <laughs> totally. Like I for one. <laughs> totally start worshiping these ants. Like sucking up to these ants. <laughs> I for one welcome our, <laughs> ant, for, our ant lords or whatever. <laughs> He's got that sign. Hey, let's. <laughs> Oh, that is an amazing. Uh, anyway, that's okay. what we need. We need a Kent Brockman to herald Illyria's uh, arrival. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> we got off on that talking about the mini bottles. Okay, the airplanes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Won't someone think about Fred? <laughs> <laughs> We're all in denial here. Yeah. No, this one is almost every bit as sad. Yeah, this, this is yeah. a great episode. This is a Steve tonight episode. Uh, I think it's it's about the equal of all in the world. Yeah. Well, they're very connected. I yeah. mean, they really are two-parter, even yeah. though two different people wrote them and stuff. They bookend very nicely yeah. together. Yeah, I was pretty frustrated with Gunn. Like, I really wish he would have just told him from the beginning, because I was like, it's just going to be worse because they're going to find out. Yeah, they're gonna find they're out, gonna find out and it's gonna make you look even worse. You know, well, he's just beating himself up, though. Yeah, but <laughs> literally. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> unintentional fun. But, but yeah, he's really killing himself over that. And I feel really bad because I think he's taking on more responsibility than he really does need to in this situation. Yeah. Yes, he knew, but he didn't know. And no. you kind of forget right now that they dated, even though he brought it up last episode. Right. You forget that he really deeply cares for her. Sure. And he has a huge history with her. How devastating is it for him, you know? Yeah, I mean, he just threatened Wesley, if anything, you know, if you hurt her, then I'm going to hurt you. Yeah. Kind of thing. And then he finds out that he's actually semi-responsible for this. But, you know, yes, it was hung up in customs, but it seemed like one of those things that was destined to happen, and it was going to happen anyway. It just happened to be... Right, right. Gone. Uh-huh. And he, he just, I don't know, I feel bad how much responsibility he took on and how mad Wesley was. And, and it didn't seem fair to me that he said that you he, he could forgive everything else except that he knew what was happening, but he didn't until really late on. He really didn't. No, That's he didn't. True. He didn't know, and almost until right before Wesley knew. Yeah, it's By not the like time it when he went got to the doctor. That's right. It's when he hit the doctor that he finally put it all together. Right, and then and that was the end. Right, there was nothing he could have done, and there was nothing. Although I think Wesley just felt betrayed because he knew something right right and he did hide stuff he lied to their faces right it i wish it doesn't look good no i wish Ben would have been honest with them from the very beginning and said uh i signed this paper i didn't didn't know what it was you know well well, the one thing too though that gun does say that that it looks bad for him is is, is he says he knew someone was going to get hurt he just didn't think it was going to be one of them so he knew there was yeah. something bad, something evil that he was doing. He was, he was right. Like we said, said at the end of season four, when, when they got into that limo, they all got gray all of a sudden. You know, uh-huh. they all all got the dark by by making that deal with Wolfram and Hart. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, part of me is just like, why would you just sign something blindly? You know, for your own. But isn't this the trade-off there, Wolfram and Hart? Because when they when they come in in uh, episode one of, of the season, and Angel is told you have to still keep business coming in, so you right. have to pick and choose 
which are ones of our clients you're going to kill and which ones you're going to keep happy. So, so they're, they're in this situation where there's, they're doing a little bit of both now. Yeah. And they, he was so thrilled with this lawyer knowledge and his new life uh-huh. more than anyone else. He has just been riding high on this. And he has been doing good. And it was, it, you know, the doctor was right. It's a flowers for Algernon. He, it's so devastating to lose something you had that you, you know, right. that he had been given. And he was so desperate to get that back. He really did sign for something knowing it was wrong. But he just, it was for something he wanted so desperately to get back. Right. So there's so much guilt. Well, he's another one of these damaged people on the show because he's he's has lacked so much self esteem. You know, he's always downgrading himself. Yeah. You know, even even when he's there's no reason for him to be. He, he was always, you know, I'm just, you know, the muscle. He, he was, and this made him feel very special. And going back and watching this, because I, you know, when I watched the first time, I kept on hearing, you know, guns the muscle. I wonder what why, why is he the muscle? Angel's the muscle. But yeah. and watching this again, it's really Gun is the one who calls himself the muscle. It's not that it's bestowed on him by Angel or Wesley or something. That that's he kind of puts himself in that box. Yeah, I felt that way too. Yeah, we've yeah. kind of been saying I that all along. Like it's they like did that to him. he seems he did to be it to putting himself. that that label on himself. Yeah. Which is you know is that any less tragic? Well, it's all these little things that lead up to, you know, this this one incident. Yeah. For sure. I mean, what? Right, Angel is blaming himself that, that they took this deal to come to Wolfram and Hart. Uh, you know, and Gun's blaming himself. Uh, Fred. You know, yeah, Fred. Yeah. Fred says she sinned. Uh, so everyone is feeling it. Lauren's Lauren blaming hasn't himself. said so much. But he sure loved, you know, he was sure happy. <laughs> oh, he was happy to be a Wolfram and Hart. He was probably the happiest yeah. one. Well, maybe him and Gunner were the two happiest. Yeah. And maybe Definitely. Fred, too. Fred was happy, too, being uh, in, in that lab. And, uh, you know, but, but Lauren was certainly in his element, you know, schmoozing and being on the right. cell phone, making the deals and, you know, with yep. celebrities. Well, he was in the he was in that limo yeah. <laughs> before he went out. <laughs> he was on board. <laughs> that's kind of I we're kind of skipping a little bit ahead now to the the third episode underneath, but that's kind of like the turning point here of the of the season where Angel realizes this is the problem, and he's got you know the the uh, what the deals that they've made with Wolfram and Hard, and they they have to change their focus back to the senior partners and back to his kind of war against against Wolfram and Hart and, and not be making these compromises that Lindsay talks about the end of Underneath. Yeah, that's the beginning of Underneath when he's um, doing the meeting. He's like, this gray area thing? No, you know. Yeah. He doesn't need, he's, and then at the, he talks And about, then right? at the very end, after they bring Lindsay back, uh, Lindsay, yeah. He said he gives him that speech. Oh, you're you're so busy doing all these things at Wolfram and Hart that you're you're not fighting evil. You're 
doing client relations. Yeah, Armageddon's here, guys. <laughs> uh-huh. You're in. You're in it. Yeah. Yeah, that was interesting to hear Lindsay say that. Like everything has just been distractions. It's been here all along. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure where Lindsay stands in this season, or, or if there's consistency in any of this. But <laughs> I guess you know, shush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's a convenient. I don't know what. I don't know. Spike's been a good voice of reason, and you guys are idiots, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is evil. You know, and he's doing what Spike does best by just stating that, that outside voice thing. Well, it's interesting to bring Spike in at this point after that last season of Buffy, because at this point he. He's standing on very strong moral ground, and mm-hmm. and he's he's now twist. It's twisted between him and Angel from from where they were just a few seasons before, where Spike was the bad guy, mm-hmm. but now 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 Spike is the one who's who's the virtuous person and, and doesn't want to make any compromises. And so at the beginning of the season, it's interesting just to see him be the one, you know, being being that uh, that voice. While Angel's yep. like, you know, what's I gotta gotta write these paychecks and pay these bills and right. take, a, take a meeting with the devil and play racquetball and <laughs> <laughs> Oh, speaking of Spike and that meeting with the beer great scene. <laughs> but I love when he's opening that briefcase and he's like Wait, do we have a name? We're not Scoobies. <laughs> Angels Avengers. Yeah. And Angel kind of likes it. Yeah. I know. He's like, ooh. <laughs> I just love that. Oh, we're not Scoobies, are we? <laughs> that was funny. I love seeing... Um, I wrote down... Blue Fred, that's what I was calling her. <laughs> Didn't have her name down yet. But Blue Fred throwing Angel at the window was awesome. Oh, man. That was she so threw cool. him through two windows. I know. It was so <laughs> awesome. And, and then she, like, stopped so everyone else is in slow motion. She's just like, Bleh. How many and, times has Angel been thrown through the window? <laughs> so many. It's so great. This was kind of like the top floor, though. I just, <laughs> I love the camera angle where you see him come out from the outside, and oh, it's just great. Yeah, I was thinking because the first episode had Angel uh, kick that one guy out through the window uh, mm-hmm. versus the flames, but then since right. then, Angel's fallen through that window at least at least a couple of times. It's, it's been a recurring theme. <laughs> yeah, the vampires he's... going through the window there. Luckily, it's all, for angels, always been at night. <laughs> yeah. Or the one indoors. <laughs> yeah. People get thrown through his office window quite a yeah, bit. That, yeah, that happens all the time. <laughs> they have to get that tempered glass. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Illyria is, seems to be uh, like a whole nother level over uh, Angel and Spike. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, before Fred had even fully changed, he couldn't even get a syringe in her arm. Uh-huh. And so is she, like, slowing down time, or is she just fast? 
she slowed down time for everyone but her and Knox. Right. Yeah, she slowed it down. Yeah, physically. like she's got some control over time like that. Which is a cool concept. I like it. Yeah, it was fun seeing it through her point of view. It would have been fun to see it through theirs, too. Right, but then in the... Disappear and appear again. When they're outside of her temple thing, it seemed to not work on Angel. Because he had that stone from her sarcophagus. Oh, that's right, that's right. Which was fun, because you're like, well, now everybody's screwed, and then he... What happens is he hit her? Yeah. Or he's behind her? Yeah, he punched her, yeah. And then she opened up the portal and ran through it. But yeah, West stabbing gun, that was pretty, wow, shocking. Yeah. And then West shot Knox, so West has been... (laughs) So it's kind of interesting, because, you know, West was the one that that Angel smothered for uh, letting Connor, you know, get to court top. And now it's Mm -hmm. like the shoes on the other foot, of course... Of course, Wesley doesn't remember any of that. Right. But he's basically doing the same thing. That's true. Yep. You know, for as much as Wesley is the bookman on the show and very studious and very, um, you know, you would think about somebody like that being very calculated and very, uh, I don't know, in control. But he seems to be one of the most passionate characters on the show because you know especially when it comes to fred he really lets emotion um govern some of his actions definitely yeah you know certainly especially when he shot his father the robot absolutely (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah and you know he stabbed gun and he shot Knox. (laughs) i love angel's (laughs) comment were you even listening to me I loved it when Blue Fred kicked Knox's body like <laughs> into Angel. That was so cool. Yeah. I haven't been able to say this before, but um that actor has lived and died in all three of Joss's series. <laughs> Firefly and Angel and Oh Joss. yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's not in Dollhouse. Oh yeah, Dollhouse. <laughs> we'll find out. I don't. I don't <laughs> remember him. I he only mentioned those three. Yeah. I did like it when um when she's there at the temple and Wes is with her and she's like so upset that her army's gone and he's like, now you know how I feel. I thought that was kind of cool. And then I'm like, where is Lorne? So what What was up with Lorne? I don't know. Didn't he not... Yeah. He could have maybe read Knox if he'd looked deeper. I was wondering, yeah. is, that, is that what it is? Is it he just kind of feels guilty that he didn't see any of this coming or something? Yeah. I mean, was he too into, you know, 
the glitz and the, the glam glitz of his and the position. celebrities. So and he's probably thinking that, although he had to read every single employee. Right. Yeah, you're bound to miss some things. Yeah. I, I seem to recall that they, and I don't remember what happened, but I remember earlier on that they had uh, asked Warren about uh, if he had read Knox. Did you remember what what he said? I, I don't know. I don't remember. In these episodes? No, it was, it was uh, one of the first few episodes. I remember Knox saying, I'll sing for him. You know, I think, does he say Warble? I'll Warble for him right now. He's very confident that he could sing to Lauren and be a fine. And I, when this stuff is already, I mean, he has already picked Fred, I'm guessing, at this point. Well, he oh, yeah. had the plan. I don't know if he, he I, I have a feeling, well, I guess this is a point of discussion. I have a feeling that he, he actually picked Fred once she rejected him and took oh, up with really? Wesley. Yeah, um, I have a feeling. It's possible. Cause we could, yeah, because he, he he certainly brings it up when, when the uh, sarcophagus arrives and he's talking, uh, he mentions, oh, now you're with Wesley or whatever. Right. I don't mind. That, that's fine. But so I, I that's at least my headcanon is that, I mean, he certainly could bring the sarcophagus. Maybe he would have chosen someone else, you know, whoever. But when she rejected him, uh, that was part of the motivation or part of the reason why she got chosen. That's possible. Man, I didn't think of that. Don't I look piss at it off as... the nerds. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I look at it as he thought he could turn his girlfriend, you know, if they were dating, he could just turn his girlfriend into Illyria, who's he's worshipped since he was a little kid. Maybe. Yeah, I got the idea that way, I guess. he picked her like pretty quickly after they met. Although it it supports that to where it seems like it would have been awfully fast because she didn't reject him that long ago. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess it was already in motion from, you know, if that thing was stuck in customs and it's been in motion for a while. Well, I think it was in Smile Time when Gunn signed the papers, and I think that's also when Knox came by and uh, Fred kind of rejected him and said, oh, I'm going to stay yeah. here in the office with Wesley and, and gave uh, Wesley uh, the coffee, or they shared the coffee that Knox had brought for Fred. Right. right. So it's, it's, it could hmm. be either way. Cause that, that, that yeah, yes, it could. It, could. it would have been super fast. But... Maybe he had it coming without somebody picked. Well, and the coffin, like, wasn't carried out of the hole in the world. It was it disappeared, so it could have been in a flash, you know. Uh-huh. I don't know. Well, it makes another question to ask Josh. Yeah. Write it down. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it kind of funny to think of that scene where um, Wesley meets Knox for the first time and immediately says, "So, how long have you been evil?" <laughs> <laughs> There are some interesting little tells, yeah. actually, when you go back. Yeah, he never really denies being evil. No. Nope, he does not. He really doesn't. He's just like, oh, I'm just a science nerd, you know. What a creepy little kid to get obsessed with this goddess. and denies I, it. I was <laughs> thinking that, too. At 11, <laughs> he's like... And he's then when you see... <laughs> When you see like 
the picture of her that they find in the book, and she's like, I don't know. Yeah, she's not this sexy blue-haired no. demon lady. Like, she's a giant rock statue with <laughs> lots like, of arms. Yeah, That's what Knox was having Knox time about. <laughs> Knox time. <laughs> For those of you that don't listen to Yes Mother, there's something called Norman time. <laughs> this is Max time. <laughs> I guess mom would rather it have been porn. <laughs> yeah, really. So, all right. So, do we move to underneath? Oh, uh, let me just. Yeah. Um, One... I guess we kind of mentioned before. I think we we're talking about raised free, uh, feedback, but that that last scene at the end with uh, Fred getting in the car and driving off. That mm. that, that was just uh, that was a big tear jerking moment for me. So, yeah. You know, in the car, she's all hopeful for her her new life that you now know is. And uh, in disaster and being kidnapped, you know, transported to Pylea and then this. I know. Yes. Okay, There's... so she has to come back because that is the saddest story arc ever. If she, <laughs> like, cute little country girl, goes to the big city, disappears for five years to a hell dimension, and then comes back and then gets together with the best guy ever and then dies. Joss Man. is cruel, but <laughs> no one ever said he wasn't. <laughs> but he likes why. to make heroic deaths and deaths with purpose and things like that. Like, uh, I mean, not only does he die, back. but like one of the original demons possesses her body. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so her. Her shell but is she didn't there. die with a purpose. Everybody else died with a purpose. Spike, Buffy, Anya. Tara didn't. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, Tara didn't. Tara didn't. Don't ruin my theory. Okay. <laughs> and Anya, Anya was a senseless death. Remember? But it well, was she, still... She was fighting. She was she fighting, was fighting the in humans. the apocalypse. I still don't quite understand why she couldn't just fight the apocalypse by standing outside in the nice sunlight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So is... Well, she's not dead, B. Remember, she's coming back. I know she's not dead, but... You know... There's always your guys' <laughs> There's They'll figure it out. They're, they're going to bring Willow, and Willow's going to figure it out. Yeah. So They're not going to end Angel without bringing back someone from Sunnydale. Yeah. And if they can't get so. Sarah Michelle, they'll get Willow. Willow's married to Alexis. She's married to Alexis. She's probably already anyways. on set all the time anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, just come on for free. We might as well just use her. She's here. You know it's going to be Clem. 
Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Clem comes and saves the day. I'd be so, I'd be happy. <laughs> I like the little scene where Wesley and Illyria are up and I don't know where they are. I forget. And he's fallen asleep and I just like her little observances of human behavior. Uh, <laughs> so, so we're now on underneath. Is that underneath? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's Okay, cool. yeah, let's go to underneath. I took crap notes for these last two. And I just realized that underneath I was that's the Scooby line. Oh. My last note on this one was um Gee, she can conjure up Fred. Wesley isn't going to help her, is he? This is taking a strange turn. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be complicated. It would be complicated. That person, you'd hate them, but they're also kind of (laughs) as good as Fred. (laughs) (laughs) What was he? (laughs) He keeps on telling her to just go away, but he, he, he keeps on staying with her. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he seems really torn. I know. And I is he trying to like convince her to abandon the body? Like does he think that's going to help if he convinces her how awful humans are and she needs to go elsewhere? I think, I at think first. he wants her just away. Yeah. Because it is complicated to him. Yeah. And he doesn't like the thought of her like this Fred like person walking around. Mm-hmm. He wants her gone. So he keeps trying to talk her into it. Yeah. I can't but remember. It's kind of heartbreaking. She's like, I don't know where to go. I don't remember how I put it. Fred enough? Is that how I said it? She's Fred enough. I don't know. I'll have to go back. Yeah. <laughs> She's Fred enough. That might be it. <laughs> There's definitely though, kind of like a strange feel that all these scenes and underneath with uh, Fred and Elyria because it's just the two of them having these these conversations mm-hmm. and, and yet somehow in the midst of all that they have this uh, shrimp world callback <laughs> oh my god the shrimp a, world callback and they both have great faces as they, they're talking <laughs> I know I, I wrote that series. down I was like one world of just shrimp is that a callback to Anya Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, I didn't get that. I just thought it was so funny. They've called back the shrimp world a couple times. Yes. It was just this funny throwaway thing that happened in season four of Buffy. <laughs> and I don't remember the callback in Buffy, but it was at least a season later, maybe two or three. Mm-hmm. And then they bring it up in here so casually. It's so funny. They I know. love that shrimp world joke. <laughs> When she said it, I was like, no, <laughs> they're not doing that, are they? Oh, yes, they did. That's amazing. Um, when they were like, I can't imagine what unspeakable hells Lindsay is suffering through. And then it um, goes to a shot of him making out with this hot blonde girl. <laughs> oh, it was Eve who was like, I can't imagine what unspeakable torment. <laughs> I know. To. I was like, what? This is where Lindsay is. I know. I was like, he got away? <laughs> no, I knew there was something sinister right from the beginning. 
So what is got me for a minute. (laughs) So what is underneath now that we're on it? Uh, Number 60. All right. That's way too low. (laughs) It's a good episode. That's in the second in the bottom half. Wow. No, it doesn't deserve bottom half. Yeah, it definitely deserves to be a top third episode just for this whole vision of hell. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Every day he has his gets up with his wife and the son jumps into bed and they have this great breakfast and then he goes down into the basement and has his heart ripped out. I know. (laughs) And I have a feeling it's not only that. There's so many other little torture devices going on. I don't know if they mix it up or if it's all of it happens in one day. He just gets tortured yeah. for a long time. I think it all happens in one day. That's a pretty badass looking dude. He's <laughs> it's more than just the heart getting torn out. Yeah. I just love that he like he has no memory of it yet when she says, uh, "Honey, uh, the yeah. light went out in the stove," and he's like, "No, well, the, isn't there a light bulb up here?" <laughs> like it's so, you know, he knows something bad is going to happen. He's so freaked out, but he doesn't remember what it is. Yeah. yeah, a part of him knows the yeah. basement is bad. Yep, yep. That's that's pretty cool concept. I like it. And then kind of fun when they mix it up and the uh, machine guns come out. Oh man, oh, man. that was <laughs> that was really shocking. <laughs> and then with the kid with the yeah, yeah when he like, downstairs. <laughs> And the ice cream man or mailman, whoever it was. Uh, I like it when Spike says that he hopes it's the toy poodle hell because he's done with fire. (laughs) (laughs) It was a stupid line, but it made me laugh. Your wife is moody. (laughs) I loved it when... When Gun opens up the door of the Camaro, and Angel and Spike both scream. (laughs) 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 I liked it when, is it Spike that says it, or it's either Spike or Lauren. It says, calm down, Chicken Little. (laughs) That was Lauren. Was that to Eve? I think. I think so. Yeah. I think so. When they're worried about the new liaison. Yeah, yeah. My note is, oh, it's the guy from Firefly and my bodyguard. <laughs> my bodyguard. <laughs> it's just a movie from the '80s that I loved so much when I was a kid. And he's in it. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I only think of him as Jane. I forget who he is here. I just or the actor's name. I don't know why, and I haven't seen the movie since I was oh. probably ten or eleven. I remember you talking about it now. Yeah. When you talked about Firefly. Yeah, it's just like a kid in junior high or high school that gets bullied, and he pays like the big tough kid to be his party guard and. It's really sweet because he finds out he's got a bad life and he's not such a bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> this Baldwin guy is the bodyguard. 
haven't seen it in like 30 years. I know. <laughs> I uh, want to yeah, revisit now, it. Now, now that you're saying that, I'm suddenly like having a flashback. I'm like, yeah, it's the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I picture them like because he's got like a motorcycle and the kids sit behind him and I don't know. I haven't seen it in like 30 years either. It probably does not hold up. But for some reason, I loved that movie when I was a kid. <laughs> well, this is going back to uh, there's a flashback to previous feedback of mine, but but that was a movie that Cisco uh, Niebert loved uh, back when it came out. They were really championed that, and that's why I saw it whenever it came out. Oh, really? Out, probably like 1982 or something when I was a teenager. I was watching that show. Yeah. Yeah, 1982 sounds about right. That would have put me around 10, 11 years old. Sounds about right. I might have to revisit it. Um. <clears throat> yeah, I have a note here about um, just how much I, I like Illyria's just total puzzlement over Wesley. I guess we talked a little bit about that. But just her curiosity about everything. Yeah. I, I like, here's a like I have. I, I like that that uh, cut they have from when Adam uh, Baldwin punches right through the security guard, and you cut to the, through the window of, of <laughs> oh. Lauren, even uh, Harmony screaming. Oh, that was it's so like blood, all of them, blood curdling screams. That was so funny. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and I just, Gunn, like, staying in the, like, taking Lindsay's place, I... Well, when you rewatch it, you realize that he's the one who came up with this whole play. He, he's the one who took them there mm -hmm. with the intention of taking uh, Lindsay's place the whole time. You know, he, he was sitting there in the hospital room feeling terrible, and Angel came down and gave him a pep speech, but what it actually did was it ultimately gave Gunn the idea that he should step up and 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 uh, go into his hell dimension himself. Oh yeah, yeah. His whole atonement atonement speech. speech. Yep. Yeah. So he he knew that he was going to to get Lindsay out. He was going to have to take his place. And when when he sees uh that angel rips out that. Uh, you know, talisman off of Lindsay's neck and it's lying on the ground. You know, Gunn is focused on that because he knows that he's gonna he's gonna be taking that to uh, take Lindsay's place. Right. Huh. I, yeah, I, I, I think yeah. You know, part of the problem with Gunn's character in the early seasons is that you know this actor. I don't think he plays you know the the ghetto street guy very well. Yeah, J. August Richards. But but playing this more normal, you know, guy, particularly the Wolf Wolf and Hart setting, it, it it really fits him so much better. Oh, it really did. Although he did, he played a street guy way better than anyone else on the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but, I agree. I I prefer Gunn as like the Wolf and Heart Gun. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think he, he he's great wearing the suit, strutting into court, singing the Gilbert and Sullivan. <laughs> you know. Well, we need that confidence yeah. because his lack of confidence is what is what bugged us so much, bothered us. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, what is next for Gunn? Is he gone? <sighs> no. I mean, wouldn't they He's back. take, um, oh, good, I'm back, yay. Um, like, they're done with Lindsay, why don't they just take Lindsay back and get gun? I'm sure Lindsay won't go without a fight, but they can overpower him. I don't know, I... That's a, that was an interesting moment there where Lauren says, so that's what we do now? We leave people behind? Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I I think it could be the end of Gunn. Like, he, he kind of redeemed himself by doing that sacrifice, you know? I'll stay here. That seems like too much of a sacrifice to make for signing a piece of paper. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, Yeah, eternal getting your heart ripped out in hell. That's true. It's just a penalty box. Yeah. (laughs) Who knows what's next? Well, and Angel did say to him, because Angel was kind of harsh, and then he ended it with, all you did was sign a piece of paper. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He, He did like the cruel... Kind, I don't know. Good cop, bad cop. What is it? Um, yeah, but he, yeah, Angel said though that you, tough love. You're, you're gonna beat yourself up every night. You're gonna wake up in the middle of the night. But that's because you're a good person. Yeah. 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 It was tough love. Yeah. Yeah. He, he wanted to make sure he got his point across, and then I love you though. <laughs> you know, it's but you know, not, basically all you did was sign a paper, and I know you're a good guy. I don't know how Wesley's gonna, if Wesley's ever gonna have the same relationship with Gummy Gun. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know how Gun's gonna get out of this penalty box, cause, I mean, he lost his whole memory. So he's just gonna be living that loop. How's he gonna, yeah. what's gonna. Someone needs to rip that necklace off him. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I'm just getting nervous because there's what only like four or five episodes left. Five. How they're going to get it all done? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the writers are saying the same thing because this is around. Actually, when they're filming the fight scene in the basement is when the Dross came to the studio and announced that they were canceled. Oh. They had to finish doing that fight scene. It was here when they found out they were canceled. Yep. Wow. Holy crap. So they, they did have ideas for season six. Wow. Yeah, this was a shock to everybody, including Joss. Wow. I thought they knew earlier in the season. Yeah, but, but... Well, I told you that Smile Time was the first one that aired after. Oh, they that's knew, right. But yeah. That had been filmed, you know. Right. Before that. But this is what they were filming at the time. Wow. That's got to suck. And then they all went out across the street for margaritas. So do you know, did that result in uh, them changing a lot of what happened to rush to a finish? or? I know a few things that I can't say that they 
weren't able to do that they had planned on, and yeah, rushed to a finish to hmm. um, wrap up the series. Can you imagine, like, this entire universe that you've created in some boardroom just decides, like, oh, we're not going to air this anymore, so your life's work. Yeah, it's it's got to be just devastating. Like, and like all I those said, Joss was not jobs. expecting it. He said that this is the first time he had gone to ask about it where he was, like, totally confident. Wow. And it was. It was something about asking too early. He just asked at the wrong time. It was a weird thing to where they were just like, you know what? No, you're canceled. Wow. I'll have to read up and let you know. I I said that last time and I didn't. I'll do it this time. (laughs) So do you think think we're ever going to meet the senior partners? (laughs) (laughs) I think I've already told us that we don't. Like, we never officially meet them. Well, we did find it's out that... It's always pretty ambiguous. Eve said that she's the child of the senior partners, if you believe her. Well, it seemed more like they just made her or They up. created her, yeah. They created her. Right. She's kind of like a Don, just a little <laughs> something that got cooked up. <laughs> um, Mystical. I'm going to say that, yeah, we made him because, B, Emily has lied to us before. <laughs> I, I have. So, we can't believe yeah. her. I'm not above lying. So, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't see them, like, teasing us with these senior partners and then having us never at least see some sort of manifestation of them. Even if it's just a cabin in the woods shot. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> My final note on the on that one is um, that Wesley called Illyria a Smurf. <laughs> like, <laughs> I really wish we would have seen that. I know his drunken insults that were supposed to hurt her feelings. <laughs> he, he apparently didn't even remember it. It was probably some blackout because he started laughing when he heard it, when she mentioned it. Yeah. <laughs> well, she said that he called her a bunch of names that were meant to hurt feelings she no longer has. Yeah. I'm guessing that's when Smurf came out. <laughs> I love the idea of drunken Wesley calling her Smurf. I know we do. <laughs> Shut up, Smurf. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen that. Yes. Very much. And the other names he called her. Yeah. So, yeah. This grouping was uh, unexpected. I was pretty casual telling you the next grouping. (laughs) It's so funny, these episodes that everyone's just waiting for you to see and all I can do is just then you're going to watch a hole in the world. <laughs> Don't remember what that one's about. <laughs> Let's see. A hole in the world. A hole in the world. Well, today I was listening to your uh, podcast from a few episodes ago, and you were asking her about uh, Sue, what uh, she thought your welcome was about. But she thought Spike was going to say you're welcome because uh, Angel wasn't grateful enough. <laughs> It was Cordy. It was Cordy. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. And I predicted... Spike was going to be the one that just goes, you're welcome. <laughs> well, I was just, I had forgot about Cordy by then. <laughs> so I was like, all right, she's gone. <laughs> I like how I predicted that Smile Time was going to be the clunker. <laughs> yep. I'm like, oh, if you only knew. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I've been waiting for you to see Smile Time forever. She <laughs> thought Angel was going to have to smile in front of the senior partners. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was going to have to. He's been so moody. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> smile Time. <laughs> I went literal with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, this was a great grouping, and I'm just still just kind of surprised that this is all happening. (laughs) (laughs) They only have five episodes left to bring... To bring Fred back. To bring Fred back. I know, and it's so funny, because I'm not a huge... I mean, it's not like I don't like Fred, but I'm just not as enamored with her as most people are. But I'm very you love Wesley and Wesley loves. Fred. I know. I'm just like very. <laughs> you care about us. Wesley, then. <laughs> well, when, you watch, when you watch a show and rewatch, you re- and, and you, you're kind of not looking. You know, you're, you know the plot, so you're looking at these little things. You realize how much they sell Fred in these early episodes, starting in season three. They're always talking about how wonderful Fred is. Oh, isn't she great? Isn't she, you know, uh, so smart? Isn't she so cute? And every episode is like a a love fest about Fred. (laughs) Yep. And I'm just always, I don't really see it. I mean. Yeah, then you watch it, well, she really doesn't do that much in most of these Mm -mm. episodes. Mm Mm-mm. But... But yeah, I'm very invested in this and I'm very upset about it. And I think it, a lot of it is, you know, I love my Wesley and I want him to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like people who hate on Yoko Ono. It's like, John loved her. <laughs> I will defend her <laughs> to the end. He loved her so much. <laughs> there had to have been something. <laughs> well, you want to know what's next? Yes. All right. Um, origin. Hmm. Time bomb. Hmm. And the girl in question. Okay, so Origin is going to be learning about Illyria before she came into this world. Like, because I'm kind of interested in that too. Like, where does she come from? Like, some of the things that she talked about was kind of intriguing to me. Like, especially the nightmares walking around and stuff. That was kind of cool. Mm. So. You want to see that? I kind of do. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Origin. Is like we get to see like Illyria back then, 
And then Time Bomb is going to be, this is where they figure out how to get Fred back. They're going to do some sort of weird time-altering thing and, like, prevent, they're going to, yeah, they're going to, like, prevent Illyria from getting into Fred. So as if it never happened. So then girl in question is Fred's back, and they're wondering, is she really Fred? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, it's a (laughs) court. They've never done that before. (laughs) It's the beast. (laughs) beast Fred's going to be back, and they're going to be questioning, is it really her? And then she'll be pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) No! Nope. Those. This is one of the first times the three titles make total sense to me. <laughs> well, I ask you, in addition to not reading the descriptions, mm-hmm. maybe don't. I'm not sure on this, but don't look at the guest stars. Ooh, okay. And that could go for one of these episodes or all of them. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Not saying, but be wary. Interesting. Because Willow's in Time Bomb. Hmm? Willow's the one that does the time altering thing. Could be Amy. <laughs> <laughs> Could be, but they would have to say guest starring Amy, because I don't know what that actor's name is. (laughs) Oh, we lost B. Oh. Well. We can wrap up. Yeah, we need to wrap up. It's late. I know. It's almost almost two for Harold. Jeez. (laughs) Okay. Well, join us next time. Join us next time. Send us feedback. It's ending, people. As all of Sue's predictions come to fruition. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even need to watch them. She doesn't even need to watch them. Nope. (laughs) We can record tomorrow morning. (laughs) (laughs) It was a great double wedding episode. (laughs) Leslie and Fred and Spike and Buffy. It was like when the Brady kids got married. <laughs> yeah, if you want to send us feedback, send it to suewatchesbuffy at gmail.com. Yep. So. And B says goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry, B. Your internet's a little off tonight. Yep. Well, it was fun, guys. Thanks for joining us, Harold. Thanks for having me. Yep. So. Yeah, I'll be seeing you in feedback. All right. (laughs) All right. Talk to you later. Later. Bye.
Matt Wright, you cannot eat chips and salsa right next to me. <laughs> and rap. <laughs> and rap. <laughs> Could they hear my Master P rap? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they can hear everything you do, so be quiet. They didn't hear me slap my butt when I was naked when I got out of the shower. Oh my gosh. Oh. You muted it. That's my brother. Not just your sisters are on this podcast, so shut up. <laughs> we don't Sorry, even know Harold. all your secrets. They can't see my butt. They can't see it. They can imagine it. It's a nice Oh my gosh. <laughs> Through the magic of editing, this will disappear, but it can never disappear from our brains. Can you hear this? Yes, they can his hear diapers. that. I've seen his this. butt. <laughs> <laughs> It's getting oh, weird. <laughs> Things are getting weird. Not the B and B. I'm trying to figure out weird. Weird. Yeah, well, what song is Emily going to add to this at the end to, to go with the outtake? <laughs> <laughs> Some masterpiece. <laughs> Baby's got back. I don't know. <laughs> I like big butt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyways, Ray says. <laughs> <laughs>